Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between hosts David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez. Hello, good morning, everybody. Um, it's the Strategy Sherpa Show today. Uh, we've got to have great hosts. Um, we have Dalton Hooks with us. I'll introduce him in just a second. I just want to remind everybody um, what we do here on the Strategy Sherpa Show, because there's so many positive in, um, things out there that talking about how people made their success and um, and out there i we we decided not to replicate that what we wanted to talk about was what's what were some of the business owners failures that they had or mistakes that they made inside of their business and then what did they do to overcome those mistakes because because oftentimes we learn a lot from the things we don't do well and so um are you, we are using this platform to actually talk to business owners and talk to them about some of the failures that they've had and some of the mistakes they made and then not only talk about the mistake but what were the circumstances around those mistakes and then what they did to overcome and fix the mistake. Um, because I think that that's where there's a lot of learning for business owners out there who are trying to scale and grow their company. And let's introduce Dalton Hooks. Um, he he um, owns a law firm in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. He um, is a workers' comp attorney. I, I mean, that's his primary thing. He does a lot of other things too, but that's his primary thing. And he represents the employer side of the equation. And Dalton, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself and um, a little bit about you? Yeah, thanks, David. So as you note, um, I have a practice in Las Vegas in the area of workers' comp. Um, I've been practicing law for about 20 years before becoming a lawyer. I uh, was a bureaucrat. I ran uh, uh, Nevada OSHA uh, and was a compliance officer before that. And even before that, I worked in the workers' compensation system when Nevada was what's called a captive state. So we had an agency called State Industrial Insurance Company that was an agency of the state of Nevada that later uh, turned into Employers Insurance Company and still operates under that name today. So my practice is focused, as you mentioned, on workers' comp. We do, um, by volume in the state of Nevada, we're, pro we're number two in terms of volume, um, but we do... About 80% of my business is workers' comp. The rest is ancillary things, including I represent employers in OSHA matters, um, what we call industrial relations law, which includes everything else that the agency that regulates OSHA and workers' compensation does. So um, <clears throat> benefits, penalties. Uh, we do sub subsequent injury, which is a system that uh, employers can get money back from the system if they hire somebody that they know already has an injury. And uh, something called subrogation, which is where we, if there's a third party involved in a workers' compensation claim, we can pursue that third party on behalf of our client to get money back as well. So that's the broad scope. We have some other ancillary practice areas, but that's the majority of it. Now, now, when I first met you, you um, years ago, I think we were trying to figure that out. Yes, uh, the other day, and it's probably eleven to thirteen years somewhere in there. Um, you were actually working for a firm, and then you started your own day. Or how many people do you have inside of your law firm today? Okay, so um, we have about thirty-five people in the law firm today, and I think you're asking about when we met. I was 
So when we met, I had just, I had a solo practice, uh, Hooks Law Office, and I had joined a uh, California-based firm called Floyd, Scarron and Kelly at the time, and they had uh, worked with Vistage and other groups, and that's how I got connected with you through that practice. And at that time, yeah, I managed my office uh, in Nevada because that was the only operation in Nevada, but we had maybe four, five employees somewhere in that neighborhood. And uh, the volume of business was, you know, uh, tiny compared to where we are now. So yeah, we're, we're 35 and growing at this moment. I've got an office in Northern Nevada. We've got an office here uh, in Southern Nevada and are continuing to expand. Ah, that's very good. Okay. So, so uh, I, um, I appreciate that. And Dalton and I have known each other for quite a while. We have worked together. So I like to tell people when I'm, I've worked with somebody in the past, we haven't worked together probably closely in about five years now. And, um, but at, but at the same time, we stayed in touch and Dalton's continued to scale and grow his company, um, quite a bit. And, now you're in Las Vegas, and that's a great view behind you. And uh, and so I just wanted to acknowledge that, that that's not a uh, screen um, saver or anything like that. That's a live view. You can actually see the oh, traffic no. going back that, there. That's legit. That's, that's uh, legit. We're on the 11th floor here, so you got a pretty good view of the strip from where I sit. Okay, and I'm in Westchester, Pennsylvania right now at, <laughs> at a um, scaling up event. So um, uh, I'm just getting ready to go to that event and doing the radio show in the process. So Dalton, let's talk about some of the challenges that you've had and some of the things that you could have done a lot better. I know you're a really humble guy when it comes to this stuff. Um, you like to talk about these things, not from a place of judgment, from a place of understanding. So you you love helping other business owners grow their business just as much as I do. And so why don't you share with some of the, like, let's start off with the first one, um, the okay. office itself. Yeah, before I, before I jump right into that, I do just want to acknowledge that, you know, as you said, we've been working together for a long time and you're a big part of the success that I've had in terms of helping me, um, you know, understand my business and, you know, incorporate the various sources that we use, the stuff from uh, uh, Vern, as well as other texts. And the first example really kind of is right out of um, the E-Myth, right? So it's Michael Gerber, My- Michael Gerber's book, E-Myth Revisited, right? Right. So, which is one of the many readings that you've had us do in the, in the past. And uh, as we were scaling, the, as, as we we're starting this incarnation of my law firm, we spent a lot of time working with you to lay foundation and, and get out and then we still made all the same same mistakes but at least we knew what we knew we knew how to name for it uh <laughs> I, I, I hired i hired from that book a harry you know it's the story of harry and harry is a, a manager that uh was hired in the textbook by s- someone who you know starting a small business trying to grow it trying to get herself out of the world win and she hires somebody who doesn't share her vision or values or anything like that. And I did something similar, uh, except in my case, the person was someone I had known for uh, deca- a couple of decades, um, had a background in law and business. Uh, and I thought that that would work really well as we were you know, really getting to a point where the business was growing uh, dramatically and I needed to step back out of the whirlwind along with me and my partners, but it ended up being a fiasco that uh, resulted in me fighting with my partners and, and near the end. So, uh, so, so, the- so 
So, so just to clarify for the audience, you hired somebody because you wanted to get out of the day-to-day operations of the company and you hired somebody that you had known for quite a while. And, right. and, and, and the, tell us a little bit about what, ha- um, we'll, 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 we'll do that on the next segment, but you hired somebody you knew. Tell us a little bit about the circumstances of why you hired them. Like what, what were the qualifications? What were the things you saw in this person that you thought would make it work? Well, it's interesting because I hired the person around the time that we started working together in a different capacity, in a capacity as a, you're working in the business as almost like a, a paralegal uh, doing actual legal drafting and work like that, which the person did, you know, fairly well at that job. It was a, a long ramp uh, to get them to where I thought they were proficient. And then after that um, is when I moved the practice a couple of times. So I moved it to a bigger um, local or a Nevada law firm. Uh, and at that point, uh, their role started expanding a little bit, kind of training some new people coming on. And then when I started the current business proper uh, in this incarnation, Hooksman and Clement or HMC, is when um, I brought them in specifically to be the office manager. Uh, and that's kind of when the trouble began, but I didn't realize Right. So. <laughs> well, well. So, so what you were doing is you opened up a new office because your other office you ran out of room, so you were growing pretty rapidly at that time, and you needed a lot more space. And I think you almost du- more than doubled your space, didn't you? Um, because did. you 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 knew that the cases were coming. Um, your reputation was really taking off for the law firm and some of the work it had been done. And then you acquired a couple of partners in the process and you they were bringing their work in. So you definitely needed a much bigger space. We needed more space and we needed more people, which is why I needed somebody really to kind of do HR and be in a management role that would remove me and the partners from having to do it ourselves, plus all of the other work, right? That's great. Yeah. And so what I learned after, um, you, you saw problems and cracks and just couldn't figure out what was going on, but this person just didn't share our values, was literally kind of going behind us and doing the opposite of what, if you were just looking at our core values on paper, <laughs> they were supposed to be doing. So you'll recall during this time, I had a lot of turnover, people leaving in positions. I'm like, I don't understand why there's so much turnover. Uh, but what I later learned, much later, was that this person was uh, like just being kind of nasty to people and concealing it uh, and okay. telling them that they couldn't come and talk to us. And if they did, they would be fired. So it was really, it was really not a great situation. Um, right. But, but uh, the, the, the core of it was just not sharing our values about what built the business and how we were moving forward. And we okay. tried. Yeah. But 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 let's 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 get back to the the mistake you made because like what I really want to do is point out um what what happened. And um just for just for a moment let's take a little bit of a break and let let, let me talk a little bit about um that that Dalton at the time um had a heavy caseload. Um, he was, he was pretty busy, so busy. It was hard for him to even make an appointment, um, a week, uh, three weeks out more or less 
Yeah, um, it could even be four. I think it was a couple months. Usually, you were it was hard to get an appointment on your calendar, and so you were so busy. You decided to hire, to promote this person that had been working in your firm. Now they were doing a really good job at the time, were they not? At their at in their, their core job, yeah, sure, exactly. Right, and so so you, you they were a good core value fit for that job. Is that correct? For the prior job, in terms of just getting their work done and you know meeting those uh, metrics yes okay. it was when we yeah yeah so 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 um we'll pick this up on the other side because i wanted to talk about a few other things before the break and then we'll pick this up again so let's stay let's keep it right there and let's plant a flag there um i just wanted to remind everybody we do have events at um at, and you can learn about these events at assuredstrategy.com backslash events. And, and what we have the Metronomics Workshop in Portland on the 7th of next month. And that is going to be done by our coach, Ted Servada. And then we also have a, a webinar that's going to be done by um, Warren Sager. He's going to be doing how to grow your business with five proven tools and just helping you get your business going, just that initial start. And he's using these five tools to really get you some clarity inside of your company so that you can get that um, heavy push going forward. And Dalton, you probably know all these tools because these are some of the same tools you uh, got introduced to. And I just want to remind everybody, this show is about helping people understand some other people's mistakes that they made, not because you're not going to make mistakes, just so you can learn a little bit about how to go about fixing some of the things that maybe you don't think about as well as you should have when you're doing it. Because like Dalton, um, Dalton was really busy at the time. He needed somebody and um, he went inside of his company to try to find the best person. And we'll pick it up from from that on the other side. And um, Dalton, um, I know I, I know this brings back some painful memories for you. So uh, <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> All right. So um, this Strategy Sherpa show, this is David Chavez, the Strategy Sherpa. Be right back after this message. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all of the, the revenue that that plane generates. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. All right, Dalton, we're back. Um, Hey, while we were gone, I learned how to speak correctly. So this is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And um, we're talking to Dalton Hooks. uh, Um... And we're talking a little bit about um, needing somebody to run the office and the day-to-day administration of the company, help with hiring, because you are in rapid growth mode. You were really busy with the heavy caseload. So let, let, let's pick it up from there and let's get the audience into back into where we were at. Yeah, so since the, the idea of the show is talk about you know, the mistake you made, let's just talk about the mistake. I hired somebody who I thought would be able to do the job, and instead of hiring slow and firing fast, uh, I, I I fired. I never fired. In fact, got to the point that that really became the conflict between me and my partners. Like this person is failing, and you're protecting them. You won't let them go. What's the deal? We need to have somebody in this role who's performing, right? And so that was really the crux of the problem. And it's because I had a long-term relationship with this person, had known them again. I think I said a couple of decades worked with them before on paper this should have been the ideal position for this person uh, somebody who had both a legal background and a business background and should have been able to merge those together to manage you know about you know a dozen uh, a little bit more than a dozen people but it just never worked out so every, well, the, well they everything. they even had an MBA if I'm not mistaken right Th- there was a lot of qualifications okay. here a lot, lot of qualifications on paper but not a lot of execution and our, my failure was to not accept that the execution wasn't there and kind of move on that information. Right. And so it continued to cause problems inside of the business with key things just not getting done, initiatives not being uh, you know, moved forward, things that we were working on in our group with you, such as coming up with uh, key indicators and critical numbers and trying to implement those into the business and get people moving in the right direction, not happening. One-to-ones not being done. Uh, all of those kinds of things are the problems that were happening. But the big one, and you were aware of this at the time, is that this person also had responsibility for um, you know uh, re- accounts receivable and uh, supervising our money department, <laughs> right? We had a small, right? So we're having arrears that are during this person's tenure growing and growing and growing like what the heck the person who had the job before you had none of your background and was able to do the job better yeah um, well and, and let's just give people context like it was probably almost a million dollars i mean you were uh, you were was, having significant cash flow problems because of some of the exactly. lack of focus 
focus from this person to the point where the partners quit getting a check, right? We, and we, that's we, what we, really it, it spurred off some of the issue, right? Because the, you're, you, yeah, it had become very dire uh, in terms of what was going on. And, and uh, lest there be any doubt that this is where the problem was, immediately after that person's departure, uh, things turned around. All, all your clients and, paid you. It wasn't that they didn't want to pay so, you. They just didn't have the correct. bill. <laughs> correct. We, they were not being billed properly. There wasn't the follow, none of the follow through. And so that that is really the, and it, you, as the, as the manager, as the owner of the business, you know, they talk about an e-myth. You can't entrust somebody with your business who doesn't share your values, your passion, right? For, for what it is. And you can't make somebody have that passion. We tried to you know, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, well, we can coach our way out of this situation. Let's uh, offer this person a bonus if they get the A&R down by X percent. Well, that did no good. Uh, this, so the, their own financial interest didn't motivate them to do the job any better. And, it, it, you know, we talked during a break a little bit about, you know, at, at the end of the day, you have to recognize that there's a competency issue that you're not dealing with. You're hurting not only your business and your team, you're hurting that person by having them flailing around in a job that they're not succeeding at right uh and all because of my sense of loyalty and wanting to be fair in terms of well are we have we assigned them too many tasks is there is it how is this my fault how is this our fault right uh and that just didn't work when the solution was you have somebody who's in the wrong seat on the bus and you need to act on that information uh but the fear was and it's coming from a place of fear well, if I, if I replace this person, then I don't have anybody in there and I'm going to have to do it myself again, which is ultimately what happened anyhow, because after my last, the, after a partner meeting where we all had a big blowout about this person, uh, to where it was on the crux of people being like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, we came up with a solution. You know, we, 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 we committed to a direction which was we're going to do one last coaching, uh, three, three months uh, probation. If it doesn't work out, they're gone. The person themselves committed to this. And then the weekend after that meeting, the meet, this meeting happened on a Friday. They came and cleaned out their desk, uh, deleted everything off of their computer, blocked access to everything that we needed, and vanished. Uh, so <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished. I'm bending over backwards trying to uh, save this person, and uh, when push came to shove, they they showed their true colors, right? So yeah, that's exactly and, and what happened. I I, th- I think this was what like one of the best learning things for you as far as um, people go. And you said at the uh, in, in in just a few moments ago, you said something about um, you're supposed to hire slow and fire fast. And what you did is you hired fast, and then you never really fired you just let it keep on going and your partners and you were having problems right because uh, naturally they were trying to help you see and you were you were trying to give um so i i I think something i've known about you for years is your heart's very big and um so so it is i mean you're a very generous person and so you were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt maybe i didn't teach him maybe i didn't coach him maybe i didn't do these things and you were trying to challenge yourself as a leader to be better as a leader but 
you can't give somebody two things and that's the willingness and desire to do the job, right? And so his competency level wasn't high enough. So basically you didn't test his competency level. And then you weren't really looking at the willingness and desire like your partners were. That's right. That's right. Because I had, you know, again, call it a big heart, call it just a overinflated sense of loyalty, call it uh, just my eye on the wrong, not, not keep my eye on the ball of, you know, which my partners had, you know, uh, distance from this person and could say, look, you are not paying attention to what's actually happening, right? You're living in some fantasy world. Uh, and what we need is brass tacks and this, this job being performed. That's why we hired the position. And right now you're hurting all of us because you won't make the tough decision. Right. So, uh, that's what it came down to. My partners had to call me on it. And then even then I was like, well, let's one last chance. Let's see, <laughs> uh, which, which didn't go over all that well. But again, since I was in a position to kind of be able to force my will, I did. And I re- obviously I regret it because it was the wrong decision. And by not doing something, we also gave everybody else in the organization permission to not do their job, uh, to, uh, <laughs> To think that there's no consequences for failure. Oh, I, I think I think I think you're covering something really important. So, what happened as a result of this guy and his lack of focus on doing his job? He was actually infecting some of the really good employees inside of your company that had been performing up to this time really well. Absolutely, A players like to be around A players, and they also like to see that. Uh, you know, they're in a meritocracy. They don't like to see people flailing around and still succeeding and, uh, you know, getting getting even bonuses and structures that are allowing them to fail even further, right? So right. that's exactly right. So we created a situation that was counter to our culture. I created a situation, let me be clear. I created a situation that was counter to our culture and uh, definitely uh, dilatorious on the, the staff's morale, uh, performance, you name it. It was, you said it exactly right. It was like an infection and, uh, it, it had to be dealt with. And sadly, uh, we lost the opportunity to show our values by saying, no, we're going to cut this infection out because we allowed it to just leave on its own. Uh, which is fine. The, the end result was, uh, things got better, but it really should have been. And one of my partners, uh, really his biggest lament was that we didn't actively excise the, the infection ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And your, your two partners are probably some of the best known attorneys in the areas that you practice law in the state of Nevada too. And they didn't want their reputations hurt by some of the things that were going on. And also they cared for you. You guys all seem to get along really well. You have a great partnership. I know that, you know, no partnership goes without challenges, even like a marriage or a relationship or something like that. Um, No partnership goes without challenges. But at the same time, these guys were really caring for you and trying to talk to you about it. And you were trying to give that person an opportunity. So everybody's intentions here were really good. But the frustration hit a boiling point because the business really wasn't working. Well, it, in fact, it got to the point where yeah. one of my partners said, hey, look, 
if this was intentional sabotage, there's no way I would be able to tell the difference from what I'm actually experiencing. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was a hard lesson. Uh, but as you say, it was one that probably had the most, in, one of the biggest impacts on me in terms of business. And I was like, never again. Well, I also think, I also think just knowing your partners a little bit, I actually think it brought you guys a lot closer together. Yes. Because you were able to get through this. That's right. In the end, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, this is a strategy Sherpa show. This is Dalton Hooks. Um, and he is talking about a mistake he made from the, um, E-Myth Revisited book. And he did this while he was reading the book too. Um, he had a Harry in his company. And if you want to read the book, I strongly suggest that, especially if you're a little bit smaller and you're starting to grow, I think it's, uh, you know, I even think it's still good to read the book every once in a while. Don't forget our events. Let me give you another one that's coming up. Um, so I talked about um, uh, Warren Sager doing it on uh, September 14th. On October 26th, we have a, um, a, a my partner, Kane Pekovic, is doing a thing on is your organization lacking accountability? And she's going to help you with meeting rhythms and how to incorporate those into your company and really get the accountability. Be right back after this message. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hello, everybody. This is David Chavez, the Strategy Sherpa, the Strategy Sherpa Show. And we have Dalton Hooks with us. And sorry about my technical uh, issues. You know, sometimes when you're traveling, um, you never know what the Internet's going to be like. So I uh, got out my trusty MiFi and... Uh, Got and and reconnected. So, uh, Dalton, um, great session. Um, and thank you for sharing. I know it's not easy going through some of these pains all over again because that was a pretty 
um, challenging experience for you. And um, but I think that you and your partners grew stronger out of it. That's for definite. Uh, I, just because I have personal knowledge of that. And it really solidified the growth of the firm, though, too. It was sort of like the catalyst to the next level because it made you realize some of the mistakes that you may, were making in the firm that were really costing you a lot. And it really centers around people, right? Getting the right people in the right yeah. seats and making sure they really know what they're doing and having clarity of what you will need done. Is that fair? That's right. That's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's a lesson learned that I won't have to learn again the hard way. Uh, but David, <laughs> I've made so many mistakes. Uh, oh, you, you and me so. both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 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 so you had another thing that you wanted to share with everyone. So give you that platform. Yeah, you talked about, you talked about this one, how this was kind of, uh, as we're coming out of one valley of death, going into another one, I had that problem. But really, at the inception of all this, at the start of it, in terms of really trying to get out of being somebody who's working in his business and working on it and actually controlling it, the, the start of that was really um, you and I, uh, you coaching me and getting me to realize my biggest problem was in my head and I need to get out of my own way. And that was this. I would tell you all the time, look, I'm in professional services business as a lawyer. Uh, my clients want what I do specifically, and it's really hard to get them to allow me to use my other associates and my team because they're like, no, we want you to do it. And I would tell you all the time that my major competitor has the exact same issue. Uh, and what you said to me was pretty... Uh, heartbreaking at the time. It was really, really devastating when you said to me, yeah, Dalton, I don't think I can say uh, any curse words uh, that you actually used on the air, but what you, you said You can was, say anything you want, Dalton. <laughs> what you said was, you're full of crap. Uh, you like being the guy. You like being the guy, and you like uh, the uh, idea of being this great lawyer in court all the time, uh, fighting for your clients. Uh, until you let that go and decide whether you want to be somebody who has a job uh, with a horrible boss uh, or if you want to have a business uh, that can be scaled, it's really up to you. And so that realization uh, was uh, pivotal in you know moving from a practice that was going to be limited by how many hours there are in a day and how much work I could do uh, versus one that could be scaled by using, you know, a team to do so. And so during that time, you were, you were there. What I did was I, I told my clients, all of them, every file that comes in the door, I treat it like it's mine. I do, I review every single document, whether it's coming in or going out. I personally... Uh, proofread and revise and all that stuff. And I did that until I wound up in the hospital uh, in uh, 2014. Right. Uh, and the aftermath of that was being in the hospital uh, for two weeks uh, and then subsequently having to have surgery later. Uh, but during that time, I couldn't do anything. And guess what? The business didn't implode and uh, my team stepped up. Uh, and did the work and my clients allowed them to do the work. And that was, I mean, it literally took you telling me and then me ended up in the hospital for me to get this, to learn this message. 
Yeah, and I would, but, I would, I would recommend all to all the people listening that you don't want to go through the hospital experience to get to this, to to get to the other side of this issue. Because a lot of people probably listening right now, if you own a business or you're a leader in a business, you're probably experiencing some of the same thing. I can't delegate this. I can't give it to somebody else. I can't trust them with it. And um, so the catalyst for you was really going in the hospital because you made yourself sick because of working way too many hours. Right. There's only so many days in a row that you can literally work 20 to 21 <laughs> hours uh, right. and uh, burning the candle at both ends. And uh, I was, you know, uh, I was willing to sacrifice myself because I cared about the business that much and I cared about the quality of the work that was going out. Uh, but the, you cannot get blood from a turnip. And as, as I say, there is, there's, that's not sustainable, nor is it scalable, right? Yeah. So if you want to scale, you have to accept that, uh, okay, you're the, Dalton, you're the greatest writer to ever, uh, ever enter into the legal field. And you're the greatest, argue, you know, your greatest oral argument guy that there ever was sort of learn at hand. But if you want to have business, you're going to have to accept that you're going to need to let some other people uh, have a swing at it <laughs> and That's you're right. going to have to build a, you're going to have to, if your clients refuse, then you're going to have to get other clients. You're going to have to look at who are your core customers and uh, you know, all of the things, you know, what's your profit X, how is this going to work in terms of being a business rather than just a job? And if you want a job, that's fine, but let's be honest about that and just be a lawyer. Uh, don't try to be a guy who's pretending to be in business because you're not. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, I love the humility you have around these things. Like I, I, I've met a lot of lawyers in my career as a CPA and worked with a lot of attorneys and there's a lot of arrogance in your profession, which there has to be right. Because you got to win for your clients. Right. And so you have an ego side to you. And then you also have to have this humility side too. And it's funny because as leaders, we have to have an ego, but we also have to have a lot of humility too, because we have to have confidence in what we're doing. But we also need to be understanding that we're not perfect. And sometimes we make the wrong decisions or we do things incorrectly. Right. And that, that's what I know about your business. Even your, your core customer is a business leader who has that humility, you know, like from hungry, humble, smart. And sure, I have all kinds <laughs> of ego. I, you know, when we talk, uh, when we first met, when you were interviewing me to see if you were going to let me join your group in the first place, I told you the story about my first job and how I've been managing people like literally since I was 16 working at McDonald's. Uh, well, why, know, why don't uh, you share that? Because I think it would be really interesting for people to hear how you started your uh, entrepreneurial endeavors from your dad's tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So about the time that I turned 16, uh, uh, the, the, that weekend, my dad, who was, uh, uh, my dad was a chemist at the test site and then became an electrician and had a very simple rule in life. If you're going to work, you must work. The idea is to get the, uh, most amount of money for the least amount of work. Uh, and, uh, but the whole thing is work. And so, uh, that Saturday I woke up and he said, son, today you're going to go get a job and you're not going to come home until you have one. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I said, what? <laughs> and he says, yeah, I'm very serious. Do not come home today without a job. 
nothing like nothing uh, like that uh, in a hundred and eight degree temperature in Las Vegas as a kid when uh, you only have a bike. Hundred, <laughs> exactly. You remember the story well. My car was a bike, uh, and where we lived was a good five miles from any. You know, it was Green Valley, and this is in the eighties. Green Valley was just built. There was nothing but desert out there, and you had to ride at least uh, three miles to get towards civilization. And so I got on my bike uh, at my dad's instruction because my dad did not play and he meant exactly what he said. This is not a joke. <laughs> uh, and so I went off to go get a job. I rode uh, uh, however far it was in uh, 100 degree weather and I showed up at uh, Miller's Outpost, which is the closest thing that I could get to. And they were like, yeah, here's an application, kid. Uh, and uh, no managers are going to be here until uh, next week. Did I mention it was a Saturday? This was like literally Mission Impossible. <laughs> so, but I had to come up with something. So I got on the bike and rode another couple of miles to the next place, which was a McDonald's. And uh, fortunately, since it's McDonald's, they had managers there. They had an application. Apparently, they needed somebody because they hired me. Uh, so I got, my, I got the second job that I applied for and uh, started that job. I'm again, I'm 16, and by the time uh, uh, three months has rolled around, I've uh, been elevated to crew chief, and then uh, a new store was built out near Sunset Park by a man named Doug Reichard. He had the first McDonald's that was technically, I guess, in Henderson, uh, uh, in the new part anyhow, and uh, he hired me to be the uh, opening manager, so had that job when I was 16, did my first business trip to San Diego uh, a couple of months later, and would ride my bike in at just prior to 4 a.m., open the store, ride back to my house, and then catch the bus and go to school. That was uh, – so I thought, in terms of management, I've been doing this for forever. Uh, hey, yeah. You still make mistakes. <laughs> you still make mistakes. Yeah, and, and I want to yeah. talk a little bit about your dad for a second because, you know, I know how much you love your dad, and um, and I know how much you admire what he did for you. You know, it sounds really harsh – but your dad knew one thing, and I think that this is what you've talked to me about several times. He knew that work gives you purpose, right, in your That's life. Right. And there's nothing better than your own satisfaction from applying your own efforts to something and getting value out of that. Is that a fair way of saying it? That's absolutely right. And my dad learned from his dad, who was blind, but... Uh, owned his own business and uh, always worked and took care of his family. And uh, so those values came down in the family, and probably more than even just the work ethic. Because again, my dad was about working smart. Uh, ultimately, he soured on the idea of me working for McDonald's because he thought I was being taken advantage of. He's like, you know, you're working all these hours and you're not really making any money and uh, came negative about it. But more importantly, what my dad always taught me is to think. And I still teach this lesson to associates uh, and folks that work with me. You really have to spend some time thinking and then act. You got to think about what you're going to do before you do it. And it seems like some people just go through the motion and kind of skip that step. But yeah, I, I do love my dad and he's been a great and invaluable influence on my life. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. But yeah, yeah that's, and, that story. And... At the time, people thought my dad was just being mean to me. And, and because you know, yeah. Who, who hey, let's let's <laughs> yeah, let's come back on the other side of the break, and we'll talk. It's tough for a second about this because I want to bring up one more thing. But um, strategy Sherpa show. This is David Chavez, the strategy Sherpa, and we have Dalton Hooks with us sharing some great uh, experiences. Be right back after this message. Thank <laughs> you. 
Bill Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all of the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, this is David Chavez, the Strategy Sherpa with the Strategy Sherpa Show, and we have Dalton Hooks with us. And um, hey, Dalton, um, last this last weekend, I was in Harvard, and um, we uh, did a scaling up event with Vern Harnish there in conjunction with Harvard, and we were doing it on business valuations, and it was for companies over $10 million, and next year, they have another one they're going to be doing, and it's by invitation only. And we had about 100 CEOs there. And it was really, um, I wanted to tie this back to your first story because I, I was just looking at the stats because I sort of, they had a share, like what was one of the one things that really increased our value in our company. And I would tell you, I think there was 20 and, and I, I, I counted really fast. It was either 19 or 20 um, CEOs that brought up getting the right people in the right seats doing the right things right and that goes back to your very first um issue you know where you're trying to have grace you're trying to believe in this person and it it, it was it, it was just a great experience to listen to how many of us have had challenges around this and I, and how i usually explain it to people is is that you know we've went to dinner with these people we know their kids we know their families um you know we become close to them because we're down in the trench together growing this company from small to the mid stage and i have to really ask myself is this the right person and really take it to help me take this to the next level. And you have to sort of look at like, are these leaders in my company that I'm trusting now going to be able to take it to the next level? Right. And I think the real thing is, is do they have the willingness and desire to take it to the next level? 
And that's the part that you have to make sure that they do. And how I sort of look at this and how I sort of evaluate this and how how people think about it, are they investing in learning themselves? And, and and that's a good sign, right? Share with us a little bit about what you've seen, like even because I know you're even yeah. a lot bigger than you were at the time all this is happening. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, even dealing with that person specifically, it, you, it's funny that you mentioned that. At every turn um, in my career where I've advanced, I always look out, search out reading or a coach like you or someone who can help me point in the direction it is really that humility to have and if you were to look back at this person there was nothing that they didn't already know right there was nothing that you could teach them there was nothing that they didn't know better than you and everybody in the room and that is i i would say thank you for saying that because that's a true red flag somebody who's not willing to put in the work is not somebody who's willing to grow uh, and even if they are at the level that you're at for whatever stage in the business that you are, it doesn't mean they're going to be the person to be able to get to the next level because you have to be willing to accept that you don't know everything and be prepared to learn. And then, of course, at some point, you got to accept that you can't be the smartest person in the room all the time and you need to be looking for people that are smarter than you. And if they're not the type of person who's willing to see that, they're not going to hire the right people. They're, not, they're going to be trying to protect their own territory, which is not what you want. Yeah. Right. The, so, and they want to control all the data. Right. And that's sort of that's something right. this guy was doing to you, too. He's that's trying to control happening. everything right. themselves. They didn't want anybody else helping them because they didn't want to lose their job. Right. Or for us to know where all the bodies were buried or any of that. Right. But that's that's exactly so huge red flag. If you've got somebody who's not willing to put in the work and do the learning, that's something that I think I, I've taken out of this. And you can you've just helped to crystallize that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, uh, you know, like, I, I like to end the show with talking about like, where are you taking your firm? What's your, what, what's your longer term goal with this firm? Yeah. So as you've said, um, you know, we've been growing and that's kind of been, it's my good fortune to, you know, have had the practice on average double in size about every three years or so. And so we're still on that, that curve hasn't changed much. And so I think, you know, we just got this new space. Uh, we have uh, 11,000 square feet here, and we are literally out of space right now. Uh, and so hold on. Plan, you, you, ju- you, you just rented this place. Uh, I, I think it was like maybe how, – how long ago did you get into this place? We've been here for literally three months. Okay. I, I was going to say, because it's got, it can't be longer than six months, because right. I think – You think we'd be a little bit better at planning, but we we, we work. Uh, but we, it's some – there are some opportunities right now that we're, we're exploring. We're going to be growing even more. As I said, we got a uh, Northern Nevada office, this office. But even when we moved in, we were already scoping for additional space. We just thought we had a little bit more time. So there's more space in this building that we're going to be pursuing. In fact, this week, we're going to be picking up additional space. So what I what my expectation is, what uh, the, the plan, um, as it were, is, is that we're going to continue this is just growth within our niche within workers comp um uh, in the distant horizon we've been as i said playing with some uh what we call right now side hustles a couple of other things that we do and so we may expand our offerings to our to our customers uh in some different areas but 
we will always continue to focus on our core business, which is the world. Oh, it sounds like you have some good business secrets going on here right now. Uh, Something you can't fully divulge. I I I don't know anything about what you're talking about, David. That's great. So there's some long-term opportunities. Yeah, yeah, so, and and that's great. And um, I, you know, for all the business owners out there, you're a business attorney. You, like you represent the business side of things, right? Um, that's yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you, you know, like what what's your long term game plan for this? I know that you you know you've um, really grown a lot since you where you where you started from. You have a great reputation in the state of Nevada and and in, in other states. I mean, people actually seek you out to help with other cases in other states too. Other attorneys do. And um, tell us what the long term game is here. Yeah. So uh, in, in our work that I've done with you, you know, our BHAG is to uh, to have touched and uh, helped uh, a hundred thousand businesses. Uh, and our target for that was by, uh, I think, 2025 and uh, uh, 2030. Uh, and, you know, that was uh, at the time a pretty big stretch goal. I think that we're moving towards that. And um, as is often the case in scaling up, firms find that they blow up that out of the water before uh, they ever think that it might be possible. So that's, you know, that's part of our direction. We're, we're working hard to uh, expand our base uh, uh, in our niche, and uh, again, considering expanding beyond that. So uh, I can't thank you enough for the work that you've done in helping us strategize and and come up with a not only a twenty mile march and a BHAG, but all of the things that go along with that, and making sure that the core values are alive in our business to help us achieve that. So that's what we're looking at. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so uh, this is the Strategy Sherpa Show. This is Dalton Hooks, and he just shared some great things with us. And um, we look forward to uh, you coming back and visiting the show. And uh, if you're interested in looking at what we do, it's assuredstrategy.com. And uh, as Dalton just uh, highly recommended, uh, we help businesses grow and we help you think about your business much differently. And so we appreciate your time today, Dalton, and we appreciate your candidness and humbleness in sharing with uh, some of the learning that you have and keep growing. Thanks, David. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. I'm David Chavez. Thank you for visiting. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.